so glad you found us. Welcome to Embers, a podcast by Volo. We at Volo are committed to guiding teens as they seek to create authentic relationships in our increasingly digital world. Once these youth experience the power of being in community and their vast capacity for connection, we challenge them to go out and make the world a better place. Our circle is open to every race, gender, sexuality, ability, religion, and background. Our podcast is a hub of inspiration for both teens and adults. Embers is a place where our teens share their stories as they navigate the waters between childhood and adulthood. We realize they've got a lot to teach us, but they hope for sounds good to us, too. Join us here as follow youth explore timely and compelling topics, fanning the embers burning in each of us. In this episode, our teens explore social media and its impact, both positive and negative, on connection, mental health, the pandemic, and more. Through what they share, we are better able to understand and support them in finding the right balance online. Come along. Hi, I'm Dana. I'm Julia. I'm Nicholas. I'm Sadie. So I want to thank you all for joining us. And I'm eager to talk to you this morning about social media and its various forms. I'm curious about offering a view through a different lens. Without ignoring the challenges that social media can create, I would love to shed some positive light on the role that social media, especially during the pandemic, as well as the increased energy around the Black Lives Matter movement, I want to understand how maybe it can help build community and support teens who feel socially isolated, and perhaps to allow teens to connect with people that you might never have known before. So I'm openly going in with a positive bias, but I don't want to ignore the challenges and hard parts that social media can present. So I first ask you to each talk a little bit about what role social media plays in your life today, and maybe to just let us know if that has shifted at all since the pandemic. Um, I'm not usually a pretty big social media person, at least I try not to be. During the pandemic, I would say I was probably on my phone more, especially once we went to online school because I had a lot more free time in between classes. And I was just home all day and my phone was so close to me and I was also on a laptop all day. But I try and limit my social media use, which doesn't always work out very well. But I also do think social media can be very positive in some forms. But I don't know if I'm at the point where I figured out a way to have like social media be really positive for me and super like a productive use of my time, if that makes sense. But I would like to reach that point. Absolutely. Can you tell a little bit more about why you limit yourself? And maybe that's connected to it not yet being positive. Just because I think it's really easy to get stuck. Just like it's so easy for time to go by really quickly when you're on social media because you don't really realize how much time is passing because you just keep on scrolling and there's so much content. One thing I've done is I've deleted Instagram on my phone. But to access Instagram, I go through Safari on my phone and it's much glitchier and slower. And I usually get annoyed by how slow it is and how glitchy it is and how the videos don't play that it like forces me to quit out of it, which is one thing I've done, which is actually pretty effective. But I just think it's such a time suck usually. And it's difficult to pull yourself away and remember that there are like real things happening. And also, I never feel good after I 
look back at my day and I realize I just spent a lot of time online, either watching TV or on Instagram. I definitely have gone through kind of like a, I think my relationship with social media has changed, not just during the pandemic, but kind of through especially my high school experience. And earlier on, both in the long term, but also just in this kind of shorter pandemic period, I relied on it a lot as like, it felt like the only way that I could connect and talk to people who I wasn't seeing on an everyday basis, even if that wasn't really real conversation or like connection with someone. I know Snapchat, I think really dumbs down what feels like a connection between people. If you're just sending a picture to someone once a day, and then that can be seen as, oh yeah, I'm talking to this person. And so I'm connected in that way. But I've definitely in the past few weeks stopped feeling like that's as important or something that's actually gratifying in any way. But also I started off being stuck at home, feeling like I wanted to figure out different things to do with my time than be on social media. And then it became this place for activism and the way that I was seeing all this news from the outside and allowing, like that was the only way I could really find out about it and process it. And so for a while, it felt like I needed to be online and I needed to be tapped into Instagram and which I don't think I've ever felt quite as compelled to do in the past. And now I think I'm, I don't totally know how to explain where I am right now because I don't think it's any less important. I think there's a real mix of valuable and not valuable content that I can be consuming right now. And it's hard to sift those two apart from each other. And like Sadie was saying, it can just kind of feel like you're sucked into this spot for way too long and not really getting much out of it. And then you walk away and it it feels way more negative than positive. I think you make such a good point there that the sifting through is next to impossible because you're going to be exposed to both. You can't, it's hard to find a filter to really be able to hone in on the pieces that might make you feel good or invigorate you or inspire you. So to Sadie's point, it makes sense if the, our bucket kind of gets emptied because we are maybe a majority of the content doesn't make us feel good. And every now and then you have one of those pieces that lifts you up, but it's hard to filter for that. I also am aware more now, I think, than I was initially of like my ability to walk away from just everything that's now on social media, but that has been a reality for much longer. And I'm realizing that my ability to be like, you know what, I've had enough is a real privilege that I have. And so that initially, I think that made me feel like, oh, I need to stay tapped in because otherwise I would be allowing myself to just kind of let that privilege, I guess, continue. And so I guess I've really struggled with what is the right thing for me to do, both for my own benefit, but also as a member of a greater community around me. I like that you mentioned the news because I found that accessing the news through Instagram is definitely a positive. In my mind, I think it's just much easier because I open Instagram more than I open up a newspaper or go online, look at the news. And I think it's a great way for like younger people to access the news. But that also has its downsides because I feel like I've been seeing a lot of people post more recently things surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement and just being much more politically active on Instagram, which I think is great. But I also sometimes see a couple things that I feel like maybe aren't factually accurate. And I think as soon as I see like a pretty infographic or something that's like aesthetically pleasing with like some information on it, I notice it being reposted consistently 
throughout other people that I'm following. And then, but I feel like no one's really doing the background work to make sure that what they're sharing is accurate, which I think is pretty dangerous because everyone just assumes that what they're seeing is correct. Well, maybe not everyone, but I think it's very easy for someone to see something on someone's Instagram story and be like, oh, that's good. And like, I should share this information, but no one's checking the source and seeing if it's accurate. But I will say that news has definitely been one of the more positive things about social media recently, because you can choose who to follow. And that's one way I think you can make your social media more positive, which is what I've been trying to do recently, is to follow people or accounts that have things that actually interest me. So when I scroll through my feed, like I started following a lot of runners. And that's been really inspiring because they're all running. And when I look at my phone, I'm like, oh, I should really go out on a run. And also just unfollowing people that I realize I don't really have any connection with and not as like anything personal, but I just really don't have any connection to them. They really don't have any connection to me. And I mean, it's the nicest way, but I'm not really interested in what's going on in their life. And also I haven't posted in a couple of years, so they're definitely not interested in following me. So yeah. Someone once told me that this was more about who we choose to surround ourselves with, but I think it's applicable for social media too, that we should, in this case, follow people who nourish us you know, and so they feed us in one way or another. And if they don't, then that might not be someone to be spending any time reading about. It's also a good way to like sort of meet some new people that you might not otherwise know. And even if you're not talking to them, just learn about new people. I don't know. There's this woman that I follow who's an environmentalist who I'd never heard of before. And then I started following her. And so now I like learned about her in other ways. And it's just a really interesting way to start that interest. That's really helpful, Julie. It leads me to a question. I'm curious about if you all could generalize, yeah, just in the simplest of terms, what do you see as the benefits of social media and what do you see as the drawbacks? And maybe this is information people know, but I think, for example, the what you just shared, Julia, about learning about an environmentalist and learning not only about her content, but her as a person. I think that like, I think that's a real benefit and people may not have thought of that. So can each of you just chime in with a few benefits and a few drawbacks of social media in general? I mean, I think we've kind of touched on it. Just like one of the big benefits for me is like talking and like staying in contact with people either that I've met in the past and like don't live near anymore or people that I like don't see on a regular basis. It allows me to like stay connected to them or even like meet people that I haven't met before, although I don't really use it in that way as much. Although I think going into college, it's been interesting to see all the people that I'm going to be spending the next few years with, which I think leads me to some of the negatives because the people that I've seen through social media um, who like follow me because they see my name like on the Bowdoin class of 2024 list or whatever. I wouldn't say that my like perception of these people is like super positive. And I know that it's like a thing that you're not supposed to like look up your roommate before you go to school because Instagram and all those means of like communication are very doctored and it's like people want to, or they just portray like a very specific image of themselves. And I know I do the same thing. And I think social media can really kind of like dumb down those relationships. I think it's like everything in moderation, which I'm still learning. I think naming it, naming the notion of moderation is really a first step in recognizing kind of where you want to go with it rather than, I don't know, not even reflecting on the amount of time you're spending or how it's making you feel. So I think the fact that you're just naming the idea of moderation is important on your own path. 
Julia and Sadie, would you add anything to what Nicholas was bringing up in terms of advantages and disadvantages of social media? Yeah, I definitely agree with like the connection part and just like being able to, it's just like really unique in the way that you're able to talk to people, I guess, but it also means that it's sort of altering the way that you talk. And I think another negative thing that I think about a lot is making the really important issues into trends. And then like Sadie was saying before, like sharing them without learning. And so it it becomes like trend to like post this thing on your story. And so everyone will see it, but no one's really learning about it and no one's really reading about it. So it's almost like it's not really doing anything. And even though maybe the first person who did it, the first person who posted it really learned about it and really is like passionate about that issue. It doesn't mean that the next person and the next person also feels the same way. And then that sort of, it makes it so that the issue isn't as prominent for the post itself. I really like what you just said, Julia, because that's true. Like, I feel like the source, the origin, whoever posted it first, I feel like the original has a lot of responsibility. And then like, as the reposts continue, I feel like it becomes somewhat diluted. But going back to what we were talking about earlier with like connection, I definitely feel that social media can connect you to people like Julia was talking about with the environmentalist. And I definitely follow people along that path. And it's great to see like what these more, not really famous, but more influential people are doing. But I also feel like the connection is sort of fake. It's not always a genuine connection. And I feel like we always point to social media as being like this big connector of people. And I think that can be true for certain groups. But I'd say that the majority of like the connections I'm making through social media aren't really genuine because a lot of the people I'm following, I vaguely know, but I don't feel by seeing like what's going on in their lives through Instagram, I don't feel any more connected to them than I would if I wasn't. If anything, I just feel almost a little weird or awkward because sometimes I feel like you go into these social situations and I feel like I know a person like based off of their username than like what their actual name is because I've never actually had a conversation with them. But I know all this information about them. Like they just went on a trip to wherever. Don't really think that in any world we need to be connected to 400 or 500 people or however many people you follow on Instagram. I just don't think you can actually have that many connections that are all genuine or that are actually interesting to you or fulfilling. Julia and Nicholas, how do you feel about that notion of connection? And maybe you three can explore what the differences are. Some of them are obvious of what it feels like to connect if you're in person with someone, meeting them for the first time, or or you know them and you're spending time with them versus connecting with them via Snapchat or Instagram or however you are. But I'm curious about you know, what does it mean to connect? And so, Julia, you talked about following this environmentalist and Sadie, you follow some runners and and Nicholas, I'm imagining you follow people as well that you might never meet in person. So can you all talk about, I don't know, these levels of connections and are we better for them or is it really kind of distilling what is real? I think one big difference between someone, between like having a conversation with someone in real life and having a conversation with someone on social media is I think Nicholas was saying this earlier is oftentimes someone will like curate an image of themselves and like really stick to that image and like that personality on social media. And that might not be who they are really, or it might be sort of like an altered version of themselves. And so in that way, it sort of feels like you're not really connecting with the real person, but like this other person that doesn't even really exist, which I think 
can be different with different people, like with the runners that Sadie follows. Like they probably have a persona, but also probably that persona is based on who they are in real life. But it's like a very specific and probably more positive version of themselves. Yeah. So I think that's one way that it is different. It's not like from listening to you, Julia and Sadie, like both of you, I think something that I'm still figuring out is like, there's a big difference between going on social media, like with a purpose and like having direction and going on just to like fill your time. Like Sadie, you're talking about like kind of manipulating sounds negative, but I mean it in a positive way, like doctoring who you follow so that it's like actually things that you're interested in. And it seems like that would be a much more positive experience. And I I think I've done some of the same thing and it's different to like go and say like, Oh, I wonder how, I don't know, Joe is doing, let me go like check up on him versus like scrolling through your feed and being like, Oh, Joe is doing this. That's cool. It allows you to like, if you don't have a purpose, it allows like, it's like this fake sense of, Oh, I'm connected with this person while you're just like sitting there kind of passively allowing them to build. Like all you're seeing is the posts and media that they're choosing to share with everyone. Whereas if you're like personally seeking someone out, you can kind of like create a more intimate and like personal relationship with that person, even if it is through social media and that's the only way you can do it. I think that's where it can be really positive. It's very different to comment on someone's post versus like FaceTiming them or texting them individually. Yeah, I agree with that. Just briefly, comments always drive me crazy on Instagram because I feel like every comment is so fake. <laughs> Not all of them. Some of them are genuine, but I feel like anytime like someone posts a picture of themselves, it's almost like a rush and like a race to see like who can comment first and like who can like make the best comment. But in the end, I feel like each comment is kind of like turns it back around on themselves because then the person that posted has to go and like compliment the other person. It's like a compliment battle over like who can be the nicest and most supportive which is kind of ironic. I don't want to speak for Julia and Sadie, but it sounds like if you listen to what all of us are talking about, it kind of sounds like what is the positive of social media because it seems like we all value like face-to-face interaction above like whatever interaction happens on social media. I know that's how I feel in this moment, but I also like only speaking from my own experience, I think the less I feel like I'm surrounded by people that I like have positive relationships with and like feel secure around the more I see myself turning to social media because it's like a a substitute for like it sounds kind of sad but like true personal interaction and the more I'm surrounded by people that I'm like feel connected to the less I want to turn to social media so it's like this kind of balancing act and I guess I acknowledge that right now like I'm in a place where it's like I feel surrounded by people who I am close with and so therefore like don't really want to use social media as much but i'm sure if something changed i would probably turn back to social media in some way i think that's something that i've kind of figured out through my high school experience and like as i kind of became more comfortable with who i am and like what's important to me and whose opinions i value it's interesting though i frame this podcast from a positive lens sometimes it's healthy and we can't help but look at the pieces that could be better. And so whether you're looking into a your silver ball or waving your magic wand or using your ingenuity as young people, I'm really curious how you guys 
might suggest, were you kind of all powerful, which I kind of think you are, how you might suggest we could improve or change social media so that it was more positive, it was more nourishing, it did more often than not fill your bucket. I guess this isn't like a huge change, but I think what Nicholas was saying earlier about everything in moderation could be a really valuable change, even just like in our, like our ways of being, like just the way that we approach social media, not even the way that it's like presented to us. But I think if there was just everyone spent a significantly less amount of time on social media, I think there would be a lot more opportunity for more real and like personal connection. And I guess that's not really a change in social media itself, but just like more of a change in the way that we approach it. Yeah, if we were to see it more as like an extension of relationships that we have with people rather than a key component of what creates friendships and shows how we value each other, I think it can have some very positive aspects and like a piece to the greater puzzle rather than it feels like it's becoming one of the major columns of like modern teenage relationships and that's where I think it becomes negative when people place so much of their like value of each other and themselves in how social media like treats them and they treat it. Yeah, maybe I just feel like with social media, like getting rid of the addictive quality to it. And I'm not really sure how that would happen. But I think that also comes like from the users and making it so that we don't feel like our social worth is dependent on being active or having a certain number of followers or likes. The next place I want to go is to the older generation, because right now it feels like, maybe not, but it does feel like you really have your finger on the pulse of how your generation is using social media and maybe how they may use it differently, through whether that's through moderation or you know consideration of what they post. I'm curious, what do you wish that the older generation knew or understood about social media? And it could be ways they're using it that you would suggest they shift or it could be ways they're not using it or what you want them to know about social media that you don't necessarily think, and I'll put myself right there, that our older generation quite understands. I think something that I don't necessarily feel like anymore, but I definitely am like, I think I have sympathy for people who feel this way because I've experienced it in the past, but like I think especially when you're younger and it feels like social media is like quickly becoming something that's introduced like earlier and earlier on for kids. And I think the earlier it's introduced, the less people are like have their own opinions about it. And so when you're young, not that I'm like some old man, but like kids like don't, there's such a strong connection between like social media involvement and like your involvement with people on an everyday life and I'm happy that I feel like I've like moved away from that but like as a middle schooler like not being feeling like you were out of touch like online could really maybe it didn't but it felt like it impacted your like friendships in real life and I think adults can like not always understand that there is such a strong link and maybe that's changing but although it's like it's pretty dumb that that should influence so much. I think having some sympathy for like kids who feel like their like social status is being, could be like controlled if their parents don't want them to have social media. I don't know. That's like a a real, I think anxiety that 
a lot of kids kind of are faced with. So well put. This brings me actually to the last idea. It brings everything, I guess, comes full circle. The last concept I wanted to just ask you all about is the notion of community. And as someone who's often accused of being somewhat idealistic, this stems partly from the Black Lives Matter movement, but other topics as well that you've brought up. And that is how you think we can use social media to build community, knowing that it it is, I don't want it to be a substitute for in-person community, but I would be curious how we could tap into or what advice you all would have of ways you already are tapping into the concept of community through social media. And that said, I don't, (laughs) I just don't want this to feel contrived. So, you know, it's also fine to say, I actually don't think it's a great format or or space for building community. I don't think it works. I think especially right now, there's so much effort around like not only trying to create new communities, which is something that I'm experiencing, like moving away from home and like figuring out what next year is going to look like. Um, But also like maintaining communities where we can't do the same things that we would normally do. We can't like see each other in large groups. And this is something that like I think Volo has thought a lot about as well. Like how do we continue to have these like personal connections when we can't really be face to face and without there's like, Oh, we could be like socially distant and still see each other, like sit six feet apart. And like, that's still connecting face to face, but like thinking about just solely social media, I think I've been frustrated with the fact that it's like, this is all I can do. This feels like not enough to just like sit on zoom with someone. But I think it's kind of, if we all take a step back and we're like, okay, so this is the reality. It's kind of incredible that we are still able to like meet in groups and like talk to each other and not put ourselves at risk. I think there's right now, there's a lot of like weighing of kind of sacrifices that we need to make. And one of those is the fact that we like, it's just a reality that we can't, we're kind of missing one of the like basic human needs right now, which is to like build connections with people but there's sacrifices everywhere. And so realizing that this is the best means of doing that, I've been able to kind of put my own like reservations aside, I think within reason and think this is what I have. It's still really cool that I can like take a class and meet new people and talk to friends and still be safe and also learn and educate myself. I think there's a lot of things that I've been considering and I'm coming to realize that there is no perfect solution right now. And social media within when thought about correctly and when like approached with kind of meaning behind it, it can be very valuable to substitute for what we're missing. I really appreciate that perspective, especially in the context of our time and kind of that there can be silver linings of what it affords us so we can stay safe. Julia and Sadie, whether it's in this context or not, any thoughts on... um, the notion of ways that social media can help us feel connected to other people and really build community, whether that's in kind of small established communities or newer ones. I think social media could definitely be useful for building communities, but I think my overall feelings right now relating to social media is that in-person connection will always trump any social media connections, at least so far for me, that's been the case. And I just feel like right now, especially we're all turning towards social media 
and trying to come up with new ways to connect. But I almost feel like we've kind of gone too far. And I feel like we need to like pivot back and realize and learn again how we can have meaningful connections in person without social media getting in the way with our phones. And like, because I feel like even today with when we do meet up in person, everyone usually has a phone on them or near them or actually like in their hand and they're looking at it. And so I feel like we kind of need to go in the other direction and work on creating community and connections in person without the interference of technology or social media. I mean, I guess I feel like that's kind of what wall is. I mean, going the other way and like trying to create those real connections, which is why we try and limit technology. But I know that's like, this is an extraordinarily like odd time and it's harder to do that. But I still think we're able to do that. Like if you're socially distanced wearing masks, I think you can still meet with people safely. Absolutely. And I think Mm -hmm. your point about as beneficial as social media may be, or as you know, educational as it might be, and if we're looking at these the positive spins of it, that we can't forget kind of our roots, and we have to keep practicing, not let those muscles deteriorate in terms of what it means to look someone in the eye and speak directly to them in their physical presence. Yeah, I think that like physical or like in person interaction will always trump social media interaction at least for now but i think there also is a way if you like acknowledge the limits and acknowledge that it's not going to be the same as being in person to use social media as a tool to to like maintain communities and yeah so i think you sort of have to like adjust the way you approach things and realize that it's not going to be the same but it is possible to build and maintain those communities Absolutely. Such a good point that we're not looking for social media to substitute real life, uh, nor are we looking for it to real life, meaning real in-person connections, nor are we looking for it to kind of overtake our lives and be the only thing, the only socialization or connections we have, but not unlike this idea of finding a way to filter and make any of it meaningful that in this time it, it is or it may need to be used more often because of the, in order to remain safe, especially as who knows what's around the corner. So to find the ways that are most connecting, most meaningful, most similar to being in person and then, you know, pick and choose and be thoughtful in how we use them. And I'd like to end our podcast as we end Volo Conversations often, and that is with a single word or two, if you'd like, that describes where you are or how you're feeling right now. So just one or two words, and then we'll sign off. Encircled. Aware. Thoughtful. Enlightened. Thanks for joining us today. Like what you heard? We invite you to connect with us at followmain.org for additional ideas and inspiration. Music from this episode was created by one of our many talented teens, Miles. It was a pleasure having you in our circle today. Until next time, take care.